You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. With less than two weeks until the actual NFL draft, it's time for us to put together our official Chicago Bears 2021 NFL Draft Big Board. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook or join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. On the show today, a culmination of the work we've been doing over the last few weeks to get to know more about the Chicago Bears' different options with the 20th overall pick. We've gotten a sense of some of the different prospects and some of the different positional strengths and weaknesses in this draft class, and now we're going to put it all together and stack them vertically. The same way that Ryan Pace and the Bears' front office is doing, we're going to put the prospects one above the other to fill out your full Bears draft board just for the first round and the 20th overall pick. The Bears, of course, will pull out a complete draft board for all seven rounds. It doesn't actually end up being 300 players with all the different picks that are coming through. Usually teams end up narrowing it down to 100 or so that kind of encompass everybody that they think they will consider drafting at all during the draft. It's a lot more narrow than the full pool of prospects, but we haven't had the full year of diving in like the Bears scouts and scouting staff has, so we're going to start just focused on the first round and that 20th overall pick. And like the Chicago Bears, I'm not going to necessarily stack 20 players on to say, well, you're guaranteed to get one of these 20 players because not every player that's going to be taken in the first round or even taken before the Bears pick are necessarily going to be guys that I'm completely and totally interested in drafting with the 20th overall spot. I'm also operating under a few assumptions here of how I'm pretty sure the draft is going to go. I think nothing is ever truly set in stone ahead of time, although right now Trevor Lawrence as the number one overall pick and Zach Wilson as the number two overall pick feel pretty much locked in. I'm not going to lock much more than that to any specific draft slot, but I am going to assume a few players are going to be off the board and that if they were on the board then i you know I'm, then we'd have a conversation in our draft room and say well wait a minute let's let's think about this because we just had no expectation that this player would last all the way down to our spot and why did this player last all the way down to our spot but i'm, I'm going to instantly cross off Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and i'm also going to cross off Justin Fields i really believe he is going to go for sure somewhere in the top, more likely, I think, than the Mac Jones and Trey Lance discussion, and we'll get to them when it comes to our big board as well, but I'm only going to for sure cross off those three quarterbacks that I really feel like if any of them are there, of course, I'm taking them, but I'm just not even going to bother putting them on my draft board. I don't think there are any running backs in this draft anywhere close to special enough to consider 
with the 20th overall pick. I know Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. I mean, there's some, there are some decent prospects, but not any that are anywhere close to the conversation for me for the Chicago Bears and their draft board. So I'm not going to have any of them on there. The tight ends, Kyle Pitts from Florida. He's, he's the only one that's going to be a first round pick. The only one anywhere close to considering it also, and then that's not even going to be anywhere in the Bears' range. So, you know, assume he's gone, and that's not really a choice for me. Then, you know, wide receiver, the the three Alabama receivers, and uh, Jamar Chase from LSU as well. I, I just have to assume that none of them are going to make it down to 20, and I'm not going to include them on my draft board. And if they were there, then sure, yeah, throw them in this list, and we'll have that discussion when we need to. But I just don't think it's worthwhile on our time same with the offensive line Penny Sewell and Rashawn Slater from Northwestern they're both top 10 offensive tackles for me if they're there we're having that conversation but I just don't think it's worth even listing them on our big board along with Patrick Sertain from Alabama pretty clearly going to be the first cornerback off the board and not going to last down where the Bears pick so I didn't even actually take the time to count all of those prospects as far as guys that I'm just going to assume are gone and that I'm not interested in across multiple positions there. But you can start to write them off and and narrow down your list of like, okay, then I only have to come up with 10 guys or 15 guys that I can pick between from 20. And I'm guaranteed one of them is going to show up. And that's, that's kind of where I start with my draft board. And for me, you have to include positional value as part of your board. So do I think Trey Lance or Mac Jones are the two best prospects in the draft that the Bears could potentially have an option for, you know, as opposed to some of the other defensive backs or offensive linemen or receivers or whoever? Probably not. But if I'm the Chicago Bears and I'm saying, okay, if I had my pick of anybody else in the draft that I could take at 20, if I could magically pick somebody that has even a small chance of drafting them and falling that far it's Trey Lance number one on my draft board and it's Mac Jones number two and I don't even like Mac Jones that much as a quarterback prospect he's very much my least favorite of any of those guys at the top but it's such an important position that if for some reason you know the 49ers take someone else at three and you know Trey Lance falls a little bit and he ends up going but Mac Jones falls out of the top five out of the top 10 out of the top 15 and he's there at 20 boy it would I, I just don't think I could pass on him for pretty much any other non-quarterback prospect in this draft class so it's like Trey Lance and Mac Jones are the top two prospects on my big board but first of all I don't think they're going to be there at all and second of all quarterbacks kind of are in their own category with their own asterisks on the top of my big board. So like they're, they're at the top, but they're in a different league of their own. And then all of the other positional players outside of the quarterback, those start to mix in a little bit more as we get into more like the meat of the big board next on Locked On Bears. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 
So if you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast, all of the biggest stories in sports. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we're putting together our Chicago Bears big board for the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft, and I want to move past sort of the quarterbacks to to the non-quarterback category of the big board. I don't know if you technically want to call Trey Lance and Mac Jones one and two on the big board, because realistically, they're not going to be there, and realistically, they're measured differently than everybody else. So if we kind of even put them aside and look at the rest of this board, I've got it down to about 11 guys that I stacked up, and I I had some trouble really trying to separate this group, and there's a, a breaking point in the middle here where I really hit the wall and felt like, man, it's it's tough to differentiate these guys. But it started for me, if we're assuming Patrick Sertain and all these other guys that we talked about earlier off the board, then the cornerback J.C. Horn from South Carolina is where I go number one on this list. It's not saying number one is the need. You know, cornerback is not necessarily the immediate number one need. I would like to improve the Bears' offensive line more than anything right now, and then cornerback and defensive back and some other things start to add to that conversation. But in terms of the prospect and what's available to me, I see J.C. Horn as a legitimate top cornerback in this draft. And as we start at the top of this big board, it is guys that are probably not going to be there at 20, but we still put them on the board to feel like, okay, there's more of a chance that Horn could fall than some of the other prospects we listed earlier that are much more securely placed in that top 10. But for me, Horn is a special enough cornerback prospect to really rise above a lot of the other position players that might fall at slightly more positions of need or you know might not be exactly what you feel like you want to fill in the first round, but he's just too good. When I say best player available, that for me is J.C. Horn at the top of the non-quarterback list. But right behind him, number two, it's Christian Derisaw, the offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Again, sort of assuming Penai Sewell and Rashawn Slater are bona fide top 10 or at worst top 15 players. Derisaw is the next best tackle in this draft, and he's a good one. He's a guy I feel like I can plug in right away at left tackle if I wanted to, although I don't know if I would rather move Derisaw to right tackle and keep Charles Leno at left tackle for year one. You know, that's the kind of decision I'll make later, but I will draft a 10-year starting offensive tackle at 20 with Derisaw and feel really good about a guy that I can trust in pass protection. He can run block and be physical as well in both areas of the game. He's well-rounded. He's got some experience under his belt, and I feel like there's still even a little bit of room for improvement with some NFL offensive line coaching as well. And I'm feeling very good if Derisaw is still there at 20 and I can land him with that first-round pick. I still think Horn is just a little bit more special, a little bit more difficult to find. And we talked about some of those dynamics between the first-round cornerbacks and the first-round offensive linemen compared to players later in the draft at their own positions. That was one of our conversations this week with Trevor Sykema from Locked On NFL Draft. If you haven't heard that conversation, I encourage you to go back because we try and get into the difference here of like, okay, how much better is a first-round tackle from a third-round tackle? 
or a second round tackle compared to the cornerback class? You know, do you feel more desperate to get one early at one of those two positions because you don't feel like you can wait as long and still get a talented player? Or is the depth at either of those spots good enough that, yeah, you can wait in the first round and go and get one later? Very clearly, both right at the top of my big board and both, I think, potential top 10, top 15 talents that I would be very happy to see fall to the Chicago Bears at 20. Then I move to the other Virginia Tech prospect, Caleb Farley, the cornerback. Some injury concerns here, and from the outside, we just don't have the expertise or the information to be able to be like, ah, you know, I think the the back injury he suffered working out this offseason is a concern. I have, I have no idea, but I do know that when he's on the field, and you know, even two years ago, 2019, he was one of the best cornerback prospects that could have entered the draft and did not, and I still think... He is that same player, and I'm going to bet on him being that same player, being a long and lean but also fast and physical freak. Absolutely. Give me Caleb Farley as a, a cornerback prospect of the future and a perfect potential replacement for Kyle Fuller in this Bears defense. And then it's Rashad Bateman for me, the Minnesota wide receiver. And this one's, I can I can imagine, might raise an eyebrow here or there because there's some other good offensive linemen. There's some other good defensive backs. There's some other good defensive players that we just haven't even broached much of their position yet, but I have a lot of faith in Rashad Bateman being not only a safe first-round pick, but also an exciting first-round pick, and it's that rare combination that I feel like his baseline traits of route running and release from the line of scrimmage and just getting open. It's like, think like Anthony Miller, but better and you know, eliminate a lot of the concerns there, and then he's much bigger, very different in terms of their physical builds, but in terms of that that instant route running that you saw from Miller coming out of the draft, where it was like, oh man, he's he can contribute right away. Think that, but on a first-round scale and then bigger, built more like Keenan Allen, almost in a, not quite as big, but in the Allen Robinson-type mold of possession receiver who can surprise you with some of the plays that he makes after the catch. And I feel like he is special enough at wide receiver for me to put him ahead of a bunch of other guys that are all very good and I would be okay with them at the 20th pick but if Bateman is there I still feel like he gives me enough special to contribute at a position where there is a need long term and that's the thing when I'm drafting in the first round and anywhere in the draft I'm not just drafting for 2021 but I'm drafting for 21 through 24 and I got to think beyond this year regardless of position. But this is where I hit the big board wall, where it becomes a lot more difficult for me personally to start to separate some of the other prospects in this draft, especially when you start adding in some different positions, some different positional value, and also varying needs or lack thereof at some of these positions, how much would be a luxury and how much is just taking the best player available in the first round because... That's the smart thing to do, even if you're tempted to really want to fill a need with that pick. All of those dynamics make it really difficult for me with this next group of prospects that we'll dive into next on Locked On Bears. Picking NFL draft prospects is kind of like picking a flavor of Bilt Bar. There's just too many good ones to choose from, and it's hard to pick just one. Because every flavor of Bilt Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew, and they're all low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. 
I'm a big fan of caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and coconut. Those are the built bars I have in my cupboard right now, but I do have a box of raspberry on the way to just to mix it up and get one of the good fruit flavors in there as well. You really can't go wrong with any of the 18. I've tried them all, and they're all delicious. They really do taste like candy bars, and you got to try them for yourself to believe it. Go to builtbar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Just because it's April doesn't mean you can't bet on the NFL. BetOnline.ag has a ton of different prop bets available, including already odds for any team to go 0-17 or 17-0 in the regular season. Pretty good return on your investment there. Early odds for most valuable player with Andy Dalton, at plus 10,000, tied with Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Drew Locke, Justin Fields, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taysom Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. Plus NFL draft bets, basketball, baseball, golf, hockey, soccer, tennis, you name it, they've got it at betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account today and enter our promo code Locked On. To receive your free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This big board we're putting together is what I used when making my pick for the Chicago Bears in our Locked On Podcast Network Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Starts up next week on Monday, April 19th, runs through the 26th. We've got expert NFL analysis from Michael Irving, Brian Baldinger, and others from our friends at Odyssey, plus all of our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of our teams. So search for the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So we've got our top four, really, plus the two quarterbacks above them for what order of prospects. All right, if this guy's on the board, we're taking him on our big board. And right here is where I really spent the most time. Like, all right, going back through and saying, okay, how do I feel about this guy? How do I feel about that guy? How important is this position? How important is that position? What do I feel like I maybe can get later? How special is this person's traits versus that person's traits? And which positions are most important for me to get? And man, I was moving guys up and down and going back and forth, and I gave it some time, and I came back and, you know, after sitting with it for a little while, came back and tweaked it again, and I don't even know if I'm still fully in love with the exact order here because it becomes really tight, and I think if I'm general manager looking at my big board at this point, if everyone else is gone, I'm listening to the arguments from my coaches. You know, if it's my offensive line coach pounding the table for one guy or my defensive coordinator really going all in on trying to get another guy. I'll take their input and really be open to a lot of arguments here. But I came down and ultimately settled on Elijah Vera Tucker from USC next on my board. To recap, it's Trey Lance, Mac Jones, J.C. Horn, Christian Derrissaw, Caleb Farley, and Rashad Bateman. Two quarterbacks, two cornerbacks, an offensive lineman, and a wide receiver. And it's offensive line again for Elijah Vera Tucker. He played left tackle at USC, projects more so inside at guard in the NFL. I would consider trying him at tackle first just to see. And then if he struggles there because he's a little bit smaller, 
then you can put him in at guard and still feel like you can probably get a good 10-year starter at guard. And, you know, whether that's a Pro Bowl caliber guy or just a consistent every-down guy, that's that's what I feel like I'm getting with Vera Tucker. And the reason why he falls a little bit farther down here compared to Darisaw and the other offensive linemen is just that guard is not as valuable. It's easier to find decent guards than it is to find decent tackles, and I'm just not totally confident that Vera Tucker could hold up a tackle in the NFL, but I still think he's probably the best guard prospect in this draft. So he still is right here in this conversation, but I would put the better tackle and the better cornerbacks and the better receiver and the quarterback ahead of him on my draft board. But it's it's hard for me to, to even start drawing that line because I think Christian Barmore, the defensive lineman from Alabama, he's a real nice defensive line prospect, a really explosive pass rusher for a guy that big. It's rare to find somebody that big that moves that well on the defensive line. And defensive line is not a big need for the Bears at all right now. But, you know, you have to draft for the next four years and not just the next year. And we don't know how much longer a key mix is going to be on this roster. And I feel like Barmore is one of the more special. He is the top defensive, you know, interior defensive line prospects in this draft. He's not Aaron Donald or anything right away. And, you know, he's probably not a top 10 pick. He's kind of around that like 10 to 20 type range. And if he if it was a bigger need for the Bears, I would probably have him higher on this list, to be honest with you, because I think he's a very good prospect. So I found this spot after Vera Tucker to be the nice sweet spot for him because he's so good, even though it feels like much less of a need. It's just late enough that there's some good prospects ahead of him. But if all else fails... Barmore is the guy right here where I like I just I just can't pass up. I'd rather take Barmore than reach for somebody else at a position of need or just a player that I'm not quite as sold on. Because then I go to like Greg Newsom, the cornerback from Northwestern. A very solid cornerback, for sure. A lot of great instincts. He can go up and really fight the ball in the air. Very good zone cornerback. He would be a good fit for the Kyle Fuller type role in this Bears defense. I just don't see as much special from Greg Newsom getting the name right this time instead of calling him Gavin Newsom like I was on an earlier podcast. He's very good, and that's great, and I would be happy with that as a first-round pick. But, you know, Barmore has a little bit more special to him, and that's why, you know, he's a little bit above Greg Newsom. Even though cornerback is that bigger need, I have to think more long-term with these first-round picks. And then I kind of move into some of the other guys that are all hovering around this conversation. You know, the Michigan edge rusher, Quiddy Pay and the Georgia edge rusher, Aziz Ojolari, both have a wide range of, you know, ask 10 people and you'll get 10 different opinions on where they both fall in this draft. Pay a little bit more the freak athlete that still needs to refine his pass rush moves and needs that development in the pro level, whereas Ojolari is a little bit more refined in that regard, but a little bit smaller and not all that strong either. And so there maybe the ceiling is a little bit of a question there, but you can feel like he's the guy that can step in right away and be that rotational pass rusher with, with the opportunity to be a, a starter and, and a very good one in the NFL, whereas Pay is the guy that you feel like you can make him into something that's elite and special and rare and, you know, pro bowl over the top dominant edge rusher with the right coaching. So those two guys kind of come next for me. Then it's the Oklahoma State tackle Tevin Jenkins, a guy that's you know right there in that conversation for a lot of people with the Bears at 20. And I wouldn't be disappointed if the Bears drafted him, but for me, he's kind of your standard 
you know, road grading, mauling right tackle. And that's that's good. He's a good prospect. And uh, like I said, I'm not disappointed with him, but he's just, a lot of the other guys ahead of him, I feel, are just giving me a little bit something more. Like, I feel like I can get a Tevin Jenkins-type player in the second round. And that doesn't mean he's bad, and that's not a knock on him. It's just I like a lot of the other options ahead of him. And same with Trevon Morig, the safety from TCU. He's the guy who rounds out my big board for the Bears in the first round. I think he'd be a great fit next to Eddie Jackson. I don't know that I can't get a similar type of quality of safety in the second round. And Morig's better than the second-round safeties. That's why he's a first-round prospect. And Tevin Jenkins is better than the second-round offensive tackles. That's why he's a first-round prospect. But it's about how much better. And I feel like a lot of the guys that I put ahead of them are just enough better than some of the other prospects later on and have enough more special to them than the likes of Jenkins or Morig that, again, I would be happy with. Wouldn't be super disappointed, but just feel like I can do a little bit better when I'm picking 20th overall as compared to, like, 30th. If I was to trade down, it starts to change that conversation, but this is me stacking the big board at 20. Trey Lance and Mac Jones at the top, then it's cornerback J.C. Horn from South Carolina, offensive tackle Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech, the cornerback Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, the wide receiver Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, and then it's the linemen and the edge rushers and the cornerbacks that we just went through. So I have a feeling the Bears won't have to get very far down that big board, that they should have their pick of at least five, if not ten of those guys that we've gone through. But that's how I see it stacking up. I think it's a nice list of options. Maybe it's not a sexy list of options, but it's a great opportunity for the Bears to add some important players at positions of need. So I hope that really starts to set the stage for you as we get closer to the NFL draft. We're not going to be stopping our draft coverage by any means, so I hope you'll subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. I want to go a little bit more in-depth on some of these prospects as well. A few other quarterbacks I still want to have deep dives on, as well as taking advantage of some of our Locked On Podcast Network friends that are the local experts on the colleges that some of these prospects played at. So some more of those interviews coming down the pipeline and all in an effort just to make sure that we are ready to go for draft day and also an effort to help you bear down.